Hello and welcome. You are listening to a Limerick Post podcast. We're joined today by Limerick Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant Bear Leach. Good afternoon, Sergeant Leach, and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, Bear, if you could just tell us what your role as uh, Limerick Crime Prevention Officer entails. Of course, yeah. So there's um, there's one crime prevention officer per division, guards division, which is sort of like county. Um, and I am it for Limerick City and County. So I suppose my primary function is to get as much information out as possible to people whereby they may not be victims of a crime. So these are preventative tips and hints that I can give people. Um, so um, I fell into this role almost two years ago now, but prior to that I had 28 years service in Angarda Shikona. And I do accept that a lot of my role now is based on my experiences over the previous 28 years. Now, being a crime prevention sergeant, um, it's, there's an element of that in every guard's role. Every guard is a crime prevention. But also what's very important and what we're trying to get out is that it's everybody else's role as well. So every homeowner, property owner, car owner, be it only a mobile phone, we'll say a teenager, if that's all they own, and then their personal safety, you know, everybody is responsible for crime prevention. And uh, at, at a recent meeting of the Capamore Kilmallock district, yes, uh, you said that uh, one in six burglars don't even have to do the breaking in part of breaking and entering. Could you, could you just expand on that for listeners? Yes, um, I suppose in in my service then I would have I would have um, been dealing with a, a very amount of crimes as you can appreciate. But the one that I feel devastated a person more than anything else was somebody in their home, which is burglary. Somebody enters their home with the intention of um, stealing something or harming something or doing some damage. Um, so unfortunately, the statistics are there that one in one in six burglar actually gets into a house through an open or insecure window or door. So with those shocking stats, like you would have to address it so I mean it might seem very basic but the first piece of information that I give out to my people the people that are at my talks is you lock your windows and doors Um, if you have an alarm you put it on and then after that you can go wider and wider like what you must do when you're thinking about your home is consider how would I break into my house if I was locked out And that is you now doing your own security survey. So you're looking for the weak points. So you know there's a weak window or there's a weak latch or there's a a door that wouldn't do, you know, that might, a shoulder might put it in. Look, you're going to have to replace them because that's what the opportunist burglar is looking for as well. He's looking for weaknesses in what is your shell. So when it comes to minding your home, it's actually called an onion layering system. So you start on the outside, which is your boundary, your wall, your anything outside your garden, your front wall, your side um, hedges, your back wall. So the first thing you must remember is that if somebody is doing harm to the front of your house and you have a very high hedge, nobody will see them. So while we all value our privacy, one of the most important things we should remember is that no hedge or wall should be higher than a meter in the front of your house because there are plenty of decent people in the world and there is a thing called natural surveillance so the people running past your house walking past your house driving past your house they will still ring on Garda Shikon if they see somebody acting 
acting suspiciously at your home. So do not underestimate that. So allow people to have a natural surveillance of your home. And then now the side of your house is a different matter. You block that off and your back walls can be as high as you like because that's likely where you'll be enjoying your garden or your children will be enjoying your garden. But from a burglar's perspective, if he can get in behind a hedge and hide while he's trying a window or a door, of course he's going to try it. If a house doesn't have an alarm, that's more attractive. If a house doesn't have sensor lighting or daunt dusk lighting, I mean, when you think about it, the burglar doesn't want to get caught. So he'll choose what he considers the softer option. So those houses will say that if the drive is tarmacadam, you can walk in it silently. But if you have gravel, it makes noise. He might move on to the next house. If the next house has a massive dog, he might move on to the next house. And so it will go until he will find a house that he considers um, a soft target. Now, it was very interesting to me anyway, because a survey was done and burglars were asked what was the greatest deterrent. So when they're sizing up a house, what would the greatest deterrent be? And of course, I'm quite nervous of dogs. So I assumed it would be a massive, beautiful Doberman or something like that. Um, and or then, you know, I think maybe it would be an alarm. But actually, no, the greatest deterrent to a burglar is a sign of occupancy. And that is simply that they believe there's somebody at home. So we understand that there may not be anybody at home. So um, there's a couple of things you can do to give the impression that somebody's in the home so of course the greatest thing of all is if you have the extra car and the car is parked outside the front but Ungarda Shikana ran a wintertime burglary so it's it's making people aware of how to protect their house during the winter and then it's slightly different to how you might protect your house during the summer it's just to make people think outside the box really it's absolutely not to scare any listeners now today Uh, Keen, I would hate if that happened. All I want to do is make people more aware, more switched on. So if I can tell them what the burglar is looking for, they know how to counter it, if you know what I mean. But um, during the wintertime, at five o'clock in the evening, it's black dark. And if your house is black dark, you're telling them that the house is empty. So what you must do, it's, it's only a couple of bob in the hardware stores, is the plug-in timer. So you put your a light or a couple of lights on a plug and timer and you have to be reasonable about this I mean the burglar knows that you're not sitting in the hall or the landing reading a book with a light on so it has to be a living area do you know what I mean the other thing that I'd advise is a radio now some people don't like to leave on a radio all day well don't put on a timer and have the radio coming on from 4pm on from a good talk show um, you know so that it gives it because they'll be looking and listening and hearing for signs of occupancy so they're just two things that I'd advise people to do. Um, I suppose the most, the more important one would be the lights on in sensible locations. And um, you, you mentioned people acting suspiciously. What can your neighbours look out for? Well, I always say we have, you know, we have our sense. We like we have our five senses, but we have a sixth sense, and there's no doubt about it. And it's to me, it's my gut instinct, and it's what I relied on very heavily in my service. I can tell you, so your gut instinct will tell you there's something wrong there. And I say this especially maybe in the rural population, but also even around an estate in, we'll say, Limerick city centre. Uh, you know who should or shouldn't be there. You have a good sense of the cars or the vans or the people that you're accustomed to seeing. You're looking out for something that makes you look twice 
I was given that advice as a very young guard. If something makes you look twice, check it out because there's probably something wrong. So this is it. And, you know, people are reluctant to ring the guards. But I suppose what I'm really asking people to do today is be aware of their neighbours. You know, build up a sense of community, looking out for each other. Like there was a time, I mean, nosy neighbours got an, an awful hard time of it. But actually the best thing you could have is a nosy neighbour or the best thing you could be is a nosy neighbour because you're, you're looking out for your community. If you see something unusual or somebody unusual skulking around the house, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, they're trying to get in a window, they're trying to get in the door. You see somebody disappearing down the side of a house that you haven't seen somebody, you know, belonging to that house going down. That, that would be cause for me to be an alarm. Now, I would ring the guards, but there's no harm either, I think, in beeping your horn and keep it going. Because what you're telling that would-be burglar is that I see you. And he believes then he's going to get caught. You're setting off an alarm of your own. You're setting off an alarm of your own. I mean... Is, is it better safe than sorry in terms of calling the guards? 100% always. And also don't underestimate the fact that on Garda Shikana, it's like building a jigsaw when you're trying to build a case or build a picture. It is literally building a picture bit by bit like a jigsaw. And they could be missing a couple of very important linking pieces that the ordinary member in the community can give to them. Like they might have that it's a white van, but they mightn't have a complete reg. So if you see something, especially the rural community now, I mean, you know, farmers and that, that are driving by and there's a van or a car parked where it shouldn't be. And it just, hmm, what's going on here? Okay, it's one thing for you to see it, but, but it's better to take action. And I suppose what I'm asking is to take action. Or the person that is living rurally and a car drives in, but when they see then they drive back out again. Don't just leave it at that. You know, try and note as much detail as you can. Don't ever put yourself in danger. Don't ever interact with them. But try and note as much detail as you possibly can. But pass it on. Because that might be all Angarda Shikana is looking for. And it also places a vehicle at a time and a place in the county. So if something is done a couple of miles over the road, that could possibly be a suspect. And at least the Gardaí would have some place to start to begin with, you know. And, I mean, capturing these or making them aware that they're being seen will chase them out of your area, you know. And then breaking and entering is a physical form of crime, but uh, with advancements in technology, people have been uh, committing crimes over the internet, over phones, and I'd imagine there's a rise in that... Yes, I, I, and I suppose what we refer to as scams is now what we're talking yep. about, like generally sort of the scams, yeah. Um, yes, uh, you see, I can talk forever about windows and doors and the quality of them and sensor lighting and, you know, gravel and dogs and all that. But if you actually allow somebody into your home, all of those elements are a waste of time. So a scammer can only get to you in, in four ways, really. He can, he can get to you by letter which is probably old-fashioned now, he can get to you by email, he can get to you by phone, or he can get to you at your door. So, first of all, we have to realise how they can get to you. And then you need to recognise a scam, because if you can see a scam, you can stop a scam. So I find this very helpful. S-C-A-M. So the S stands for, it seems too good to be true. So inevitably they're offering you an amazing offer or you got a letter to say that you won the Spanish lottery or, you know, it just seems too good to be true, okay? The C stands for it comes out of the blue. So this is a call you received. It's not a call you made. So it's a call from the bank or it's a call from the revenue or it's a call from somebody. You didn't make the call. It came out of the blue. It's a knock on the door. It's a letter out of the blue, okay? So it comes out of the blue. The A is they're always asking for personal details. They will always need, there'll be always an element of asking for personal details and the M is money because of course there has to be a value to it so they're looking for money ultimately they want to scam you out of money so 
we've all we we do know about um emails that are dropping in from the from we'll say maybe revenue or something to say that you have our phone call this is happening as well or indeed just a voicemail so this was particularly clever i thought a voicemail to say so i pick up my phone and i hear um oh uh, burleach this is the revenue.ie uh, we see that you owe us 1500 euro um you know, legal um, action will be taken within the next two days if you do not reply to this call immediately. And of course, you get a fright. So if you ring that number or you just do the call back, whatever you choose, what has happened recently is that they say they're revenue. Of course, they're not. But they're saying, oh, actually, um, Burr, that was a mistake. Um, you don't owe us any money. We actually owe you money. So will you give us your bank details so that we can lodge it straight into your account? Now, that is clever. And I'm, there are lots of very bright and very clever and very sensible people that are normally very cautious have been caught on scams. So what I say is thank you so much for those people that did report the scams to Angarda Shikona. Because by reporting them to the guards, they're giving me an opportunity to tell you about what's happening out there. Like I referred already this week to the one about a gentleman who got an email to say that they had hacked his personal details and that if he didn't pay a certain amount of money very quickly, he was going, all his details, you know, which who knows, may include photographs and videos and what, were going to be shared with many. Now, this man held his ground because, you know what I mean, he actually saw it for what it was. But funnily enough, and this is where it comes out of the blue and seems too good to be true, that email was followed with a phone call to say, have you been hacked recently and do you need assistance? Now, if you were panicking about something, it, it is perfectly normal and natural. You know, a human They response. operate on fear. They operate on fear. They operate on urgency. There's a, an unfortunate, as well, an, an elderly lady, but a fabulous lady, was living in the city centre. And she got a knock on the door to say that they were builders. And these men are dressed like builders. They have a van with the, the usual um, labelling up at the side of the van. And they said, we've just come from your neighbour's house. And they had a photograph of the the roof, the skylight in the neighbour's house. And we can see that yours is, is, is leaking as well. We've done theirs and now we'd like to do yours. So when she hesitated, they said, actually, um, if you pay us today, you'll get an old age pensioners um, discount of 25%. And of course, that sounded very attractive, but it's today. There's the urgency. So the lady went and got the cash, came back and paid them. This was a Friday and they were coming back on the Monday. Clearly, they never came back on the Monday. And is that a situation where you should ask for ID or? Actually, you shouldn't accept any services that are provided at your front door. You should say no, thank you and close the door. You should absolutely not. The only people you should allow to do any jobs in your home are people. Obviously, they have to be registered. But on top of that, they should be um, they, they should be recommended to you by a neighbour or trusted friend under no circumstances should you accept any services so if people are knocking on the door I'm doing windows I see there's a hole in your roof I'm going to take down the trees they look dangerous we had a storm they also take advantage of anything that's happening around the area at the time I mean after storm Ophelia last year there was a number of blackguards went around to houses in the county um, and inevitably unfortunately elderly people saying that they'd take down the trees in case they were blown down in the storm. But, you know, cash up front and we'll be back. We'll go now and get this and we'll be back. People were paying them, unfortunately. So don't accept any services at the door. Be independent. Be in control. Book your own services. Make your own phone calls. And this one more thing, if the bank does ring you or if, they, if a bank rings to say, sorry, if you get a phone call to say it's your bank, like I'm with, I'm with bank A. So if somebody rings and says they're with Bank B, I'd say, what are you talking about? They'll hang up. Mm-hmm. But if they ring and they say they're with Bank A, and coincidentally, I'm also with Bank A, 
there's a little hook, isn't it? I'm thinking, oh gosh, how do they know that I'm with Bangay? And on it goes, and they are very clever. They're very, very clever. So if you, if anything like your financial institution rings you, you actually should just hang up and you go and find the number of your local branch and you ring your local branch bank because then you know that you're in control. So, you know what I mean? It didn't come out of the blue. You're the one that's in control of the situation and you're the one that knows that. But even your bank won't ask you for your banking details. So under no circumstances, under any circumstances, should you give out your banking details. something they should have anyway, isn't it? They have them in front of them, absolutely. They'll ask you for partial this, partial that, but they will never ask you for the complete one. So it's just just to be cautious about that, yeah. But still calling back is the main... It is because it puts you back in control. You're back in control. And uh, finally, Sergeant Leach, there is a free talk coming up for people who might have interest or want more information on all of it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm willing to do talks anywhere. Um, I, I see it as my male role, as I said at the onset, that I want to try and get the message out as much as possible. But on Tuesday, the 12th of February in Brough, so it's in the old convent, which is opposite the Garda station in Brough. Um, I'm giving a talk at 7.30 p.m. Now, my talk is about crime prevention, but I also have Seamus Sherlock with me, who is a gentleman who got involved, unfortunately, with sort of uh, his health and then debt and banks. He's a farming background and he tells his story and he's marvellous to listen to. And the third speaker is Pat Fitzgerald. He's a farmer, but he's also involved in mental health. So it's sort of a sort of a crime prevention, kind of in relation to rural isolation and then your wellness, your well-being. So that's 7.30 uh, on Tuesday, the 12th of February. Um, I'd love to meet people. We're having, you know, teas and coffees afterwards. So if somebody is reluctant to ask a question from the crowd, I'd be delighted. They can come up and speak to me freely afterwards. And also it's an opportunity for them to meet their community guardy. And is this an open event? People just show up or? Wide open. There's no need to register or anything like that. I have no idea how many is going to attend. Um, it could be five fifty your 500 but the more the merrier <laughs> brilliant uh, thank you for listening to the limerick post podcast thank you to our special guest sergeant bear leach uh, i've been your host keen reinhardt and as always you can keep up to date on limerickpost.ie and all our social media where we are keeping limerick posted